Welcome back to the Voice of Hope. Today I'm going to have another guest on the Voice of Hope for Chiari Awareness Month, the condition that I suffer with. I want to share many stories of people throughout the month who've suffered with this condition because everyone who suffers from Chiari, they all have different experiences. So that's why I wanted to have different stories. We don't all have the same experiences with this disease. So the guest I'm going to have on today, she's going to explain some of the different symptoms uh, that she has and the different Chiari malformations that they are and just a lot of good medical information. So I hope you learned something today. So as you listen to this, uh, share out this information with someone and help us spread awareness. Thank you for listening and for caring. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Cassie. And uh, Cassie Bison, uh, I met Cassie from the Chiari Sisters. Um, it's probably been a few months back. And uh, she suffers with Chiari malformation also. And uh, she's going to tell us a little bit about her story today and uh, about diagnosis and uh, where she found out about Chiari and how it's affected her life. So thank you for joining us, Cassie. Um, how did you first find out that you had Chiari malformation? Well, that's a long story. Um, well, I got diagnosed in 2014, but I had symptoms a lot uh, longer than that. I, like, when I was a kid, I had symptoms, um, but the symptoms were few and far between. Um, and uh, they first misdiagnosed me as having Addison's, and then they said that I had myasthenia gravis because of the muscle weakness, which is the, one of the Chiari symptoms. And... Uh, um, then in August of 2014, I was life-flighted to um, OU Medical Center in Oklahoma City. And the doctor there that received me, he said, I'm not buying these diagnoses because the medication you're on, if you really had these conditions, then um, it'd help. And it wasn't helping. And he says, I'm starting over. I'm starting from scratch. And I said, Okay. <laughs> And I don't like hospitals, and I just wanted to go home, and I wasn't prepared for the next answer he was going to give me. He kept me there for three weeks, ran lots of tests. Um, I was patient, and that's when they finally got the Chiari diagnosis. I'm like, wow, finally a, a real answer. Yeah, that's that's tough. A lot of us Chiari uh, sufferers go through this. Uh, it takes months and sometimes years, like Cassie's saying, to diagnose. It took me over 15 years. I had it most of my life. And doctors just don't understand uh, about Chiari. And can you explain a little bit, Cassie, about like uh, some of the symptoms you were experiencing that brought you to even go see a doctor? What were the symptoms, symptoms that were just... Brain fog, um, memory problems, muscle weakness, uh, um, 
and I know you put me on the spot, and here I am, I got, you know, brain fog, I'm trying to think of everything, um, but I, I was, my blood pressure would crash a lot, I, you know, uh, like 50s over 30s, the lowest it's ever gotten is 48 over 22, um, so, that definitely led me to have to go to the doctor. And with those blood pressure crashes, what happens when your blood pressure crashes? What what, what happens to you? Um, when I have the blood pressure crashes, well, even when it goes too high, um, because I have both, and that's actually because of the dysautonomia, and that is a related condition to Chiari, because unfortunately Chiari doesn't, you know, play nice that brings all of its nasty little friends to come play along with, <laughs> like Allers Danlos, um, POTS, dysautonomia, uh, gastroparesis, scoliosis. Um, there's a bunch of other things, but uh, the blood pressure crashes and uh, raises are from dysautonomia. And so when that happens to me, I get dizzy. Um, and, like, when it goes too high, um, it gets to the point that, I can't even keep my eyes open. Um, and within just a matter of minutes, I'm totally unresponsive. And um, what doctors has been able to treat you in any way to help either, you know, give you some relief from the symptoms? Um, right. I saw... Um, just October of last year, I saw a neurosurgeon here in Oklahoma, and um, that actually turned out to be a joke because I knew more about Chiari than he did, um, and uh, uh, I was in and out of his office within five minutes, and then I learned of um, Dr. Capicelli and Little Rock and that he does treat you if you've got the related conditions. Um, so I fought against Oklahoma Medicaid to go see him, and when um, he said um, he would be able to help me, I'm like, cool, you know, finally somebody that's going to take me serious, um, because, well, first of all, to get to Dr. Capicelli, Medicaid first told me no, and... Um, I'm like, well, where there's a will, there's a way. And now he's actually contracted with Oklahoma Medicaid. And um, so when I saw him in January, I believe it was the 30th of this year, um, he said, this is what we're going to do. This is the game plan. Um, and then I went back in March and um, I've, been on the ventilator multiple times everybody that knows me knows this um and after he learned of the most recent time well not the most recent because that was just the other day um but in march right two weeks before i saw him i was on the ventilator again and he uh, said um he felt at that time that the surgery would make me worse or kill me. So that was a no to the decompression surgery because I have so much more than just Chiari going on. And um, so I'm not going to lie. That was kind of a devastating blow because um, I last year I had to send my um, daughter 
to Michigan with my sister because I'm unable to care for her. And so I was hoping for answers because I was hoping to get well enough that I could bring her home and be able to take care of her myself. And so Dr. Capicelli in the meantime wanted me to see a cardiologist because of the dysautonomia. Um, he wanted me to get a neural nerve stimulator um, and try to get the dysautonomia under control. And the neural nerve stimulator that he wanted me to get is, um, for when I have the episodes where I stop breathing, it's supposed to help me start breathing again to help keep me off the ventilator. And um, so I did. I went and saw a cardiologist. I thought he was great. He had great bedside manner. Um, and um, he said, I'm not going to lie to you. You're the most complicated patient that I've ever had. Uh, blah blah blah, and he says, and he looked my husband and I in the uh, my husband and I in the eye and said, "That's okay. I like complicated." And I didn't hear from him for three months, and so every time I'd go see my primary care doctor, I'm like, "Hey, you know, I haven't heard from his office. You know what's going on here? I'm supposed to be getting all this stuff done." And he said that he'd be the guy to help me, and he actually knew about Kiari because. He has a nurse in his office that also has Chiari. Okay. And uh, so I figured, you know, he'd be knowledgeable with it. And that's the thing. I'm such a complicated case that doctors can't help me because they're scared of me because of how complicated I am. And so um, I just recently, I think maybe just a couple weeks ago, the cardiologist office called me and said that they couldn't help me, that after my primary care doctor sent my records, which is probably a stack about like that, um, said after he reviewed them, he said he didn't feel like he could be any of help to you. Wow. See, this is one of the reasons that I wanted to have Cassie as one of my first guests on The Voice of Hope today. And uh, because like, all of us that suffer with this Chiari malformation, um, it has taken so many years for us to be diagnosed. And Cassie is, Cassie's case is more one of the more severe cases. And she was talking about she has to travel out of her state to go see a specialist. There's only about, uh, and there are about 10 specialists, Cassie, in the world that treat this condition that are true Chiari specialists. There's 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 eight. There's Dr. Grant in, at Stanford in California. There's Dr. Oro in Colorado. There's Dr. Frim in Chicago. There's Dr. Capicelli in Little Rock, Arkansas. There's Dr. Trumbull, who is now in South Dakota. There's Dr. Gilmore in um, uh, Michigan. There's um, Dr. Rosner in North Carolina. Dr. Henderson in Maryland, and Dr. Bolognese, he's in Long Island, and then Dr. Greenfield in New York. Awesome, Cassie. I could never have remembered all that. That's why I wanted to have Cassie on. She's great with a lot of this research. I see her post on her page because before I was diagnosed with Chiari malformation, I knew none of this information. I knew that all I knew was about neurosurgeons. And that's who performed my brain surgery. 
I didn't know there was a such thing as a key RE specialist like Kathy's talking about. And that's why it's so important for any of you who's watching who has family members that are in the medical field, uh, who are doctors, who are nurses, who are even uh, medical students considering going into medicine. Uh, anyone? No. And, and some of the most common symptoms to watch out for because many times people don't find out until later in life that they have Chiari. Symptoms don't usually start presenting themselves until the age of between 20 and 40 and sometimes even later than that because I have a friend that's 50 that just recently got diagnosed. Um, but the most common symptoms to watch out for are like balance problems, um, memory loss, hearing loss, um, blurred vision, vision loss, um, difficulty swallowing, um, um, and of course, I just lost my train of thought, <laughs> you know, that's often with Chiari, uh, brain fog, um, and, the, and those are just the most common symptoms. Oh, and the migraines, but not everybody has migraines. But when you have a what we call a Chiari headache, that's so much more than just a migraine. It's like a hundred times worse than a migraine. I'd ha rather have a migraine than a Chiari headache. So those are some of the symptoms to watch out for. And with children, the um, symptoms to watch out for is that they're not meeting their developmental um, milestones on time, that they're developmentally behind. Oh, this is great information, Cassie. Because this is so crucial to know. That's why I want to spread this awareness on the Voice of Hope page. Because I did not find out until I was in my 30s. And I had lived with it most of my life. And as I look back, I did have some of these milestone delays that she's talking about. And uh, Yes, and like, no. and like Jody just mentioned, she's got acquired Chiari. Um, not everybody is born with Chiari. Um, you can have acquired Chiari, and that's where you have a severe, like a severe head trauma, or if you have severe whiplash, or even a CSF leak can cause uh, Chiari, because I know a fellow Chiarian that her Chiari was caused by a leak. Uh, so there's many different things that cause the acquired Chiari. So no, not everybody's born with it. But the ones that are born with it, it's most likely it's hereditary, meaning somewhere down the line, someone in your family did have Chiari. And and that's where it came in difficulty for me getting my diagnosis is I'm adopted. So I don't know what runs in my family. Oh, wow. See, this is very crucial that we get this information out there because... Uh, exactly. And by sharing our story, it could actually help save a life. Yes, yes. Sharing their story could sh uh, save somebody's life because I had went so long. I was into my 30s. I was about 35 before I was diagnosed and had so many symptoms. And... Uh, I have some had some damage, uh, neurological damage. I have a decompression. But if it would have been caught sooner, you know, uh, it could have stopped some of that. So that's why we're here today uh, to share these stories. And, you know, every one of you that's watching, share right. them. And you mentioned, you mentioned the decompression surgery. 
Um, yes, that's a, a treatment for it. Um, what, honey? I already mentioned that. Um, sorry, my, my husband is putting his two cents worth in. Anyway, but you mentioned the decompression surgery. Yes, that, that is a treatment for Chiari, but no, there is no cure, a cure for Chiari. And it, unless it's on an emergency case, it's best that you take the time to get treated for the related conditions because the related conditions will affect how you do during surgery and how you recover from surgery like EDS and like dysautonomia. Those will greatly affect. And if you have some of those related conditions, those can actually make you worse if you go ahead with the decompression surgery, if you have it with the wrong neurosurgeon. And that's why it's so important to use a KRE specialist and not just a general neurosurgeon. Because people, like when I was fighting to see Dr. Capicelli, people are like, I don't understand. There's neurosurgeons right here in Oklahoma. Why don't you go see them? I'm like, yes, there are but they're not a Chiari specialist and they don't know anything uh, compared to a Chiari specialist. A Chiari specialist is somebody that dedicates their, um, uh, their time and their practice to just seeing a Chiari patients and um, somebody that um, has the latest research that's out. Very good point, Cassie. I'm glad you're bringing these things up because, uh, like you said, the decompression surgery is not a cure. Because I know a lot of people that has known me, you know, they think, oh, well, you have the surgery, you're cured. That's a treatment to relieve hopefully. Right, exactly. And I've got, I've got quite a few of my friends that have had the decompression surgery that are now worse a sense having surgery than before they had surgery. Mm -hmm. And um, many went and I regret, regret it. Like some of the tests that you need to have done before having decompression surgery is you need to have a full spine MRI to check for a syrinx and to, to uh, check for tethered cord. And then you need to um, have a upright MRI. Uh, you need to have a sign MRI, which is a flow study, which is to check your CSF flow to see if you've got a blockage or not. And um, you definitely need to have a tilt table test to check for pot. You need to um, uh, be checked for EDS. And um, you need to have a sleep study done to check for sleep apnea. Excellent. See, the, I wish I would have known Cassie way back before my surgery <laughs> because this is stuff that people need to know because when you're going through these horrible symptoms and you just want relief, you don't think about none of this and nobody educates you right. on all of this stuff. And Kiari does come along with all these I, other conditions. Right. And I, I have not been decompressed and well, as I said earlier, why Dr. Capicelli can't do it. Um, but 
I don't have much of a quality of life. I can't go too far from home without making sure my blood pressure cuff goes with me, making sure my medical notebook goes with me that's got all my medical information in it with my doctor's names, phone numbers, where they're located, my uh, conditions that I have, um, my medications, my drug allergies, emergency contacts, surgeries, all of that. Um, because I literally don't know five minutes from now, because I could be talking to you right now, and five minutes from now, I could be unconscious, because that's how fast it can go down. Like, on Monday, when I was just on the ventilator last, I was unresponsive within five minutes, because from the time that I felt my symptoms come on, um... My husband was taking a nap, and I tried to call him, and he didn't answer, so I gathered enough strength to get down the hall to wake him up. I don't remember getting back to the couch. And that's how fa uh, that's how fast my cut. Come on. And it's really debilitating, you know, not just the Chiari, but everything that comes along with Chiari that I have that I can't work and... It, it sucks because I'd give anything to have a job and because I could be making more money working than sitting at home doing absolutely nothing. And um, so that's why um, in the four years that, that I've known that I've had it, I've done a lot of research because I want to learn as much as I can about this condition. That way I could possibly help somebody else that does have it and that's very important. I thank you for sharing all this because the information that we're putting out there, you know, that could save a life. And I'm hoping that this information that we're putting out there about your condition, that a doctor may come across this that can help you and give you a better quality of life. Because nothing is impossible. And we know I've seen miracles happen. And that's why... I wanted you to be on here first because I know your case is a more severe case. And every Chiari uh, patient experiences a different circumstance. And uh, that's why I wanted to put your story out there to maybe in hopes find somebody, you know, that could help you more um, than what you're getting help, you know, and give you a better quality of life. And Right. And... I may have a bad case of it with along with the related conditions, but sadly there are people out there that are worse than me, and that's why, you know, awareness and research are so important. That way we can find a cure one day so the next generation doesn't have to suffer the way that we do. Exactly, Cassie, and that's why I'm doing and there's and And there's also, besides, you know, being it's, uh, something that you're born with or acquired, there's also many different types of Chiari. Uh, um, because I have Chiari type 1.5, and that's where your brain stem is also below the opening of the skull. Um, and a Chiari type 1 is the most common. And 90% of the people that have a type 1 also have a syrinx which is a cyst in your spinal column somewhere. Um, and then there's Chiari type 2, and that is usually seen in the spina bifida community and the hydrocephalus um, community. 
And then there's types three, four, and five. I think there's a five. Um, but those are more rare. And thank you for explaining all the ones because I, I can't hold all this information like you do. <laughs> That's why I love uh, having someone on that can give, you know, this kind of detailed information because uh, if I would have had it way back before my surgery, you know, it would help me research a lot more before I made a decision. And uh, I'm just hoping. Yes, just like, like Anne-Marie just said, um, for people that don't have Chiari, um, they can uh, go to the csfinfo.org for more information. And um, on, YouTube, on YouTube, the CSF Foundation has a lot of uh, lectures and informational videos. Oh, yes. Thank you. For Thank you, Anne-Marie, for putting that on watch there. And better understand. Yes, that's very important that you mention that. Because uh, you can go to the CFF, CSFinfo.org, and uh, it gives you a lot of information. That's the Chiari and Syringo Myelia Foundation. And uh, they also have a YouTube channel, uh, the Chiari uh, Syringo uh, Malformation uh, Organization. They have a YouTube channel that you can watch like Cassie said, all these conferences and everything on. They tape them. And I've actually seen a, uh, one of them by Dr. Trumbull here in Orlando, Florida. And they're very informational. So that also is another place you can go to for information. So uh, I want to thank you, Cassie, for being the guest, my guest today on The Voice of Hope. I'm so honored that you accepted the request to come and tell your story. I know it's not always easy to tell our stories. But um, I really feel the information you shared is going to help someone else out there. And uh, that's what I'm all about. And all of you that's watching, I know, you know, some of you are my Kiari sisters out there. And uh, share this story. Hey, Jennifer. And hey, Anne-Marie. And I can't see all the comments, but any of you Kiari sisters out there, uh, share this. And, and, our, and our Kiari brothers, because there's several of them out there also. But like you said, yeah, don't be afraid to share your story, because by sharing your story, you don't know you're going to help. That's right. That's so true. And Cassie is one of the people who inspired me to share my story. And uh, because I was always nervous about telling my story, because I didn't want people to have pity on me. I didn't want them to say, oh, you know, she's going through all this. But I wanted them to see that, you know, I'm a strong person, and I am fighting this, and I'm still here. And we're all still here. And as long as we're here, that's what the voice of hope is about. There's hope. Hope is passion for what is possible. And if every one of us out there who has this condition or has a family member that has it, uh, if they share these videos that I'm going to share throughout the month of September, it can save a life or get to someone who can help another individual in another state somewhere. We don't know how far that this is going to go. Us all binding together and sharing this information, it's going to help the world. And we're leave, leaving information for future generations.
So I thank you all for joining today. It means more to me than you would ever know. I want to thank you again for joining me, joining me today as I interviewed Cassie Bison and she told her story. So please share this video for awareness, for Kiari awareness. It means so much. And so as you listen to her story, I hope it helped in some way to explain uh, what we go through with this malformation, this condition, Kiari malformation. So please share and um, let others know. We don't know how far this will go. And thank you for listening and caring. And as you listen to this, remember to never give up no matter what you're going through in life. I hope that our stories can inspire you to just keep going. You can't be broken if you just keep going. So think about that as you listen to this.
And if no one's told you today, you are so loved. So get out there and spread some hope. Until next time, bye-bye.